You're listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. Worship with us on Sundays in Kansas City, or join us in June for our youth and young adult conference called Bold. What's up, Bold Conference? How's everybody doing this afternoon? Come on, how are you guys really doing? Are you guys excited to be at the first ever Bold Conference in Overland Park, Kansas? Make some noise. Hey, I am deeply, deeply honored, excited to be here. I feel like I I have something that God put on my heart for you guys. Uh, I love the leaders of this conference. I just want to take a moment just to thank Pastor David Perkins and Renata. I don't know if she's in the building or not. Uh, They're four amazing children. Uh, Dawson, you are just a force to be reckoned with. I cannot, the anointing that's on your life to create things, to love God, all of those things, I am so proud of you. You're amazing, man. I am so thankful. The Perkins family, Pastors Dan and Amy Perkins, my dearest friends. There's so many friends in the building uh, this afternoon, so I won't go through and name everyone, but it's just a huge deal uh, for you guys to be here. And so I'm a guest, but let me just thank you for coming out, because without Bold Conference, you guys would not be here. Every, every, every student, every young person here, and your youth leaders or your pastors or your sponsors are here. I want you to go crazy for you, you your youth pastors. Whoever brought you to conference, just let them hear you, all right? Go. We got the Radiant fam. We got the Woods fam. We got just everybody, man. Hey, um, such a big deal. Uh, This afternoon, they've asked me to share uh, a couple things uh, specifically um, that uh, just what I feel like God's put on my heart just through the years. And so I'll get into that in just a minute. But uh, before I do that, I want to introduce you guys to my family just by way of uh, of pictures. I got a few photographs um, on the picture. Oh, yeah, that's an accurate representation. So that is so. The girl with her arms going crazy, that's my oldest. Her name is Ryan. Uh, And then we have Nora, the two-year-old. Then you go to the next picture where you can see my beautiful, stunning Octavia. And our two girls, uh, they are, y'all pray for your boy, because they they have left me for six weeks. Uh, My wife is taking a class down in Louisiana. Uh, That's where we're from. So she's there with my parents. She's taking this biology class. She can graduate in December with her degree and all of that. But, um... So that's my family, Octavia, Ryan, Nora. So fun being a husband, being a dad, and then being a pastor uh, and a preacher of of God's word. Are y'all going to help me preach this afternoon? Okay, this section is good. Is this section going to help me preach this afternoon? What about the back of this section? Y'all seem a little dead back there. Y'all going to help me preach? All right, y'all alive. Okay, the back of this section over here. Y'all all right? Come on. That's what I'm talking about. And then this whole section over here. Come on. All right. That's good stuff. It's the afternoon. I know you had lunch. Um, I live in Arizona. Anybody ever been to Arizona? Okay, yeah. It's, everybody asks me, I, I moved there about a year and a half ago, and the perpetual question is, you know, you know Brandon, how is, how is Arizona? I'm like, it's hot. And they're like, yeah, but like, you know, what else is, it's hot, like it's hot, it's 117 degrees right now up in Arizona, we burning up in Arizona, and so, so whenever people ask me, I just try to, I try to describe it, but I just don't feel like I do it justice, but I just want to show you this quick, this like one minute clip real quick, because there's this, there's this young lady, and I don't think anybody describes the, the intensity of the heat of Arizona like she does, so you guys make sure the volume is up real good, and y'all just look at this, at this, at this real quick.
Listen. <laughs> Lord, why is Satan winning this war? <laughs> it's hot, all right? Uh, but besides being hot, one of the things I discovered moving to Arizona again about a year and a half ago is that there's all sorts of little, um, these creatures and these, these, these animals, and I've never heard of these before. They're called javelinas, all right? And y'all, do y'all know what a javelina is? Okay, cool. And I just gotta, I just have to explain this to you. We just, we just had a conference last week. We just launched for the first time uh, Elevate Conference in Tucson, Arizona, and had hundreds of young people gather, and in the same spirit as Bold Conference, really, as you hear more about the idea of living the vow and that kind of thing on Friday night, on Wednesday night. But, but there was a youth group there, and I had spoken at that youth group a couple years ago, and I, or a year and a half ago, and I was telling them about these creatures. And so, yes, yeah, students like pulling me, like, Pastor Brandon, we have not seen any javelinas. I was like, guys, it's not like an infestation. I mean, I'm just, they're everywhere. But I just need to show, look, you guys, this is real. And so I know he looks friendly, right? Go to the other picture because this picture is, that's who they are. Some of you, the previous picture is what you look like on the outside, but no. <laughs> okay, great. Oh, it's cute, but who you are. All right, that's another message. And so, so they're called javelinas, and they, they are aggressive. They attack you, okay, like for no reason. Like you can just be walking down the street, and here comes a little javelina, like trying to bite you. And so it's a serious thing. Hey, Matt. Uh, it's a serious thing because, because I was coming home. I was traveling home. Uh, it was several months ago. And someone was dropping me off. Uh, they picked me up from the airport. And we get home, right? And there's like six javelinas right in front of the door. And so I'm like, what? What? Like, is this a joke? And so I'm, we roll down the window, and sure enough, they're, you know, like going around. And so you guys, but here's the thing. They're a mixed breed between a pig and a rat. And they're actually closer to a rat than they are a pig. So this ain't nothing nice. This is a whole nother level than like wild boar is here. Javelinas are there. And so, so I'm just thankful. I'm thankful for good neighbors. I'm thankful for white neighbors because white people love animals, I discovered, you know, and they just love to be adventurous. It is. It's a gift. Don't be offended. It's a gift. God's gifted you because listen, all right? And so, so I'm there, and so here comes my very kind neighbor. He's literally on a bicycle with this, <laughs> with this stick. <laughs> he has a little bell on his bicycle. And so he's like, bring, 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 bring. And he's like, hey, don't get out of your car. And I was like, I wasn't planning on it. And he's like, no, because he knew I was new to the hood, right? And so he's like, hey, you know, hey, these are javelinas. I was like, yes, I've heard about them. And he's like, but listen, don't, don't, don't get out of your car. I'm going to like, I'm going to make them kind of go away because they will attack you. And I'm like, I believe you. So I'm going to stay right here, and I'm going to let you take care of the javelinas. And so sure enough, here he comes, bling, 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 with his little stick and his little bell and his lights on, bling, bling, bling. And so he takes care of the javelinas, all six of them. He kind of herds them like, or, or, is that what you do? You herd, you, what do you do with cattle? You Oh, did I say it right? Okay, great. Let's see. Look, okay. So he herds the javelinas. They all go away. I dash to my door, go grab my suitcase, get inside, and I survive the javelina attack of 2018. Y'all give it up for your boy. I'm out here surviving. I'm out here. I'm surviving. All right? Um, it, it's, a, it's a, you know, it's a struggle. Then we have snakes, all right? And we don't have just little, I mean, we have like, like real snakes, like like rattlesnakes slithering all around everywhere. So we have a Facebook group with my entire neighborhood, and everybody, everybody in my neighborhood, um, it's intense, you guys. Sometimes I just go just to see neighbors will get into arguments, and they'll be like, just type it away, like, why'd you leave your fence open? Your dog, you know, went, did number two in my yard. You need to come. It was just, it's just funny. I just watch it scroll. I'm like the Michael Jackson popcorn uh, meme, like, ah, you know, just eating. And, and so anyways, so, but, but, Oftentimes, my neighbors will find snakes in their, you know, in their house or scorpions or, y'all, it's intense. And so, um, so we have, there's a contingency of the neighbors who are like, you, we do not kill snakes. You know, they're just, you know, they're God's creation. And I'm just like, ain't no snake but a good snake, all right? The only good snake is a dead snake, all right? And so, and so then you have like, you know, we love animals, so they're like, we need to catch and release. And I'm like, well, I'm going to catch and release, all right? It's going to catch this shovel, <laughs> and I'm going to release it into the the trash can. So, so the, 
y'all, the struggle, the struggle is, uh, is real out in, out in Arizona. That's what your boy doing uh, these days. But uh, my struggle is real. But your struggle, our struggle, there's another struggle. It's a little bit more intense. And even the ones that I, that I describe. You see, I, I want to share with you guys this afternoon for a little bit of time on a struggle that I feel like every single one of you are in. And some of you are aware of it and some of you are not. Yet you engage in this in this struggle, in this, in this battle on a daily basis. Because you're immersed in a culture that strengthens this fight, that makes it a little bit more difficult. And it's a struggle, it is a battle, it is a war that cannot be won, overcome. You will not be victorious in your own strength and in your own might. It's literally impossible. See, see, this, this battle, this, this struggle, it, it, it's kind of like the, a mandatory draft. You can't opt out of it no matter what your condition is. And because our enemy does not play fair, he doesn't care what, what, your, what your proclivities are or what your weaknesses are. He does not play fair. So for every single person in this room, he has declared and launched and waged an all-out war against you in this particular area. You can't reject the invitation. You gotta, you're part of this. See, what is this battle? What is this war? What is this struggle? See, it's, it's more intense. See, see, Jesus put it this way. Jesus said in John 10 and 10, the thief comes to steal from you, to kill you, and to destroy you. But I have come that you may have life and have life more abundantly. And oftentimes whenever we think we have an adversary, we have an enemy, we have like a little devil trying to, you know, do bad things to us. No, he wants to kill you. But not only that, he wants to rob you of all the blessings of God in your life. He wants to rob you of the calling that God has placed on your life. He wants to rob you of the destiny that God has begun writing, that the destiny that God began writing out since before the time that you were in your mother's womb. God was writing out a story for your life, but the enemy sees that and he'll always attack at an infancy level what he does not want to deal with whenever it's full grown and mature. So he doesn't care your age. He doesn't care your socioeconomic status. He doesn't care your race. He wants to destroy everything that God has for you in your life. But what is the, what is the struggle, Pastor Brandon? What is it? So glad you asked. In the last seven days, in the presence of God, you guys, I'll just be super honest. In the last seven days, I want you to think about this. Have you been exposed to anything that the Word of God would call impure from cursing to pornography to a bad joke in the, or, or whatever it is I want you to raise your hand if in the last seven days you've either seen or heard whether it was intentional or not something impure yeah yeah for sure look around you no 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 keep your hand up and look around you unless you think is this is a laughing matter this is nothing to laugh about <laughs> all right everybody take a look See, the battle that I'm talking about, the war that I'm talking about, the struggle that I'm talking about is in the area of your purity, of your purity. Unless you give yourself a, um, a free pass on this one because maybe you're not doing things with other people or gosh, you haven't broken your virginity or whatever it is. No, 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 don't look now because purity is much more involved. It is, it is so much more than just like avoiding being physical with the opposite or the same sex in this generation. It's so much deeper. It's so much richer. It's so much more encompassing than that. See, this idea, you guys, again, more is at stake here than just even, even your life. It's a war in your personality, on your future, on your dreams, your spiritual growth, 
literally your physical body, the way that you think, you have no choice but to be involved in this, in this fight, in this war. Once again, it's a battle for your purity. You guys, your innocence is on the line. Your innocence is on the line like never before. See, everyone's after your, everyone is after your, your innocence, your purity. From the Disney Channel to MTV to BT to YouTube to Instagram to whatever it is, whatever is your thing. Everyone wants it. God gave it as a gift, but everyone wants it. It must be defended. It must be guarded. Because it's the most precious gift that you have been given besides Jesus Christ himself. He brings into your life an innocence and a purity. See, here's what I've, here's what I've learned. I've often shared this with teenagers for the last 11 and a half years of full-time youth ministry. That, 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 that purity is like, it's a depreciating commodity. And what we mean by that is when, whenever, whenever you purchase a vehicle right off the lot, the moment that you drive a brand new vehicle off the lot, it begins this process called depreciation. So that means over time, it loses its value. It starts off at $20,000 is the MSRP and the MRSP, and that's the value of the car. But the minute you drive it off, within minutes, the value drops. And then it goes down, and then as time goes on, the value begins dropping. See, to the world, the lie that our culture has told us that the longer you walk on purity, the, le the walk in purity, the less valuable you are and the less valuable your purity is. That's why in adolescence, 16, 17, 18, 20 year olds, in this season of life that you are in, if you don't have a long-term vision and if you don't understand that it's quite the opposite in the kingdom of God, that's the way the kingdom works. It's an upside-down kingdom. It's a, it's a you think this thing, but God's like, no, 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 no. It's a complete opposite way of thinking because in the kingdom of God, purity actually appreciates over time. It gets more powerful. It gets more raw. It brings more of your understanding of encountering the presence of God. See, some of us, our real struggle isn't a desire to encounter God. What the real struggle is, is this battle for purity. It's hard to see God. It's hard to encounter God whenever we've been sexually immoral in our thoughts or we've been exposed to immoral things all week long. And then we get into the presence of God and we get into moments like this where God is like, I want to speak to you. I want to change your life. I want to pour out your love. And our ears have been cluttered and they have been filled. And our eyes have been filled with filth. We have no more room in our hearts. See, impurity clogs the system. But I've got good news for you. There's an anointing. The very power of God. According to scripture, it's the anointing. It's the power of God that breaks us free. Of these chains. See, God, this is what I've learned about God, you guys. He'll never heal what we are hell-bent on leaving concealed. He only heals the areas that we're willing to reveal. We bring it out into the light. And he says, I'll deal with you. Here's what I've learned. That God does not want to deal with the false us. The fake us. He doesn't deal with the fake you. His power doesn't work on the fake version of you. His grace does not work on the pseudo dressed up pretend version of yourself that we in the church world have been so accustomed to practicing and presenting to other people and God says that may be good to get you through somebody liking you or somebody celebrating you or somebody promoting you but that will not work whenever it comes to me because in my presence the word of God says all things are laid bare before him and he sees everything so he exposes every thought that's why Jesus said there is coming a day that that which is done in secret 
is going to be shouted from the mountaintops. And so I believe in this 2 p.m. afternoon session, God of the ages, God your Father who loves you, says I am shining a light that is much stronger than each of these lights combined here this afternoon. And as I shine my light, I am coming with the fire of my purity. And I want to release it to you in a greater way because I love you and I am for you. The greatest lie of the enemy is that you can stand still in your pursuit of purity and it will not cost you something. The greatest lie to a generation is that you can be neutral in the area of purity. Oh, my friends, I've got to expose the devil. Where I'm from, we say the devil is a liar. He is a liar. Come on. The devil is a liar. You cannot remain neutral because what I've learned is there is like, it's like a current, the culture in which we live. And so what happens is unless you are aggressively running towards God in this idea of purity, God, I want to be pure in every area, you are slowly but surely drifting. And so what happens is 16, 17, 18, 20, 21, you started off over there, but over time you end up in this bizarre place in your life spiritually and, 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 and you're supposed to be up there because God's got something for you, because God actually wants to use your life as a platform, and it's just as ridiculous as me hiding out behind the stage in some bizarre location. I never intended to be over here. I never purposed in my heart to be this far away from God, because what, ha but what happens is over time, we just begin to drift unless we are aggressively coming after God. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Psalm 139, 24 and 25. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. Oh God, I slipped. I fell. I shouldn't have seen that. I shouldn't have listened to that music. I shouldn't have entertained that dirty joke. Father, I forgive you today because your word says in 1 John 1, 9, if I confess my sin to you, you are faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. So, Father, I receive your grace. I thank you that I don't have to walk in conflict condemnation because your word says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk after the spirit of God and who walk not after the flesh God I am yours you are mine let's keep moving forward together I'm preaching better than you're shouting this afternoon can you just give God some praise this afternoon bowl conference so what happens if you're if you're not intentionally moving forward is you're drifting and let me be crystal clear, I know that there are some of you in this room, you are giving it your all. You are, you are, you are, you are praying to God. You're trying to be intentional about those whom you surround yourself with. You're, 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 you're asking the Lord, God, I, I, I want to be pure. I want to, you've set goals, some of you. Lord, I want to be a virgin until the day that I'm married. I want to, God, I want to give that to you. I want to, or some of you, maybe you slipped, you fell, something happened, but, but you're back on the right track and you're, you're fighting with everything in you and you're allowing God's grace to empower you. And to those, if that's honestly you in this room, let today be an affirmation and a confirmation. Let today, today I want you in this moment to feel the delight of your heavenly Father in heaven. Today, my prayer for you is that you would hear the host of heaven that the writer of Hebrews talks about. You are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses and who are literally cheering you on, saying, that's my, that's our guy down there. That's our girl down there. She's resisting temptation, but not only are you saying no to the things of the world, you are saying yes to God in a greater way because here's what I've learned. Your yes to God strengthens your no to the world. So purity is more about saying yes to him than it is saying no to the devil. It's saying yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, Holy Spirit. Third person in the Trinity of God. If it offends you, I don't want it. If you don't like it, I hate it. If you hate it, I certainly don't love it. 
just as a, just as a, just, just think about your conversations, think about the movies that you watch, think about the music, and just ask yourself, would the Holy Spirit rock this with me? Like, would he feel cool about this? Would he feel cool about whoever just slid into your DMs on Instagram? He, like, would he, would he, like, would he be for it or against it? Would he be celebratory or would he be condemned? Just, just even having him, allowing him to be who he is called to be and created to be in your life as that filter, as that, hey, you may want to, you may want to take a left turn here because there's some crazy stuff happening down that path, down that road. It's purity, you guys. It's a depreciating commodity in today's day and culture, but not to God. He values it. It's a big deal to him. As a matter of fact, it's, it's everything to him. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. If you're taking messages, if you're taking notes, which you, which you should, if you're, if, you, if you're serious about this thing, uh, I just entitled this very simple, Bold Purity. <laughs> bold Purity. Because I believe that God's calling you to be bold in your walk of purity. Amen? All right, here we go. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 9 says this. So get rid of all behavior. Everybody say all. All means all. All means all in the Greek. All means all in uh, English. All means all. It's all encompassing. It's everything. So get rid of all beha evil behavior. Listen to this. Be done with deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. And like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. Verse 4 says this, you are coming to Christ who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. Purity will cause you to be rejected by people, but don't even sweat it because oftentimes if you are rejected by people like Jesus was, it simply means that you have been chosen by God. And I don't know about you, but if anybody going to choose me, I want heaven to choose me. If I got to pick like which one of y'all going to choose me or if heaven chooses me, I promise you I'm more concerned about the opinion of heaven. Amen. All right, so he was rejected by men, but he was chosen by God. He was chosen by God. Next verse, verse 5, for great honor. Verse 5, and you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. This is you. God calls you a living stone. What's more, you are his holy priests. Everybody say priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. And as the scriptures say, I'm placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem chosen for great honor. And anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Verse 7 says this, yes, you who trust him recognize the honor God has given him. But for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And he is the stone that makes people stumble and the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they don't obey his word. And so they meet the fate that was planned for them. Verse 9 says this, but you... Here's what I want to say to you, Bowl Conference. But you, but you, you ain't like that. <laughs> That's the Brandon Cormier translation. You're not like that. For you, Bold Conference 2018, here's what God speaks over your life. Here is the prophetic word that is attached to your life. Because you've got to know you are here on purpose and with purpose. You didn't sneak into this conference. You didn't sneak into the earth. God assigned and ordained it from before time began. But you, bold conference, touch the person next to you and say, but you, come on, say it like me, say, but you, all right, but you are a chosen people. Shout chosen people. You are royal priests. I want you to say royal priests. You are a holy nation. Everybody say holy nation. God's very own possession. Say very own possession. 
as a result, you can show others. Here's the assignment that is attached to your life. Here's the fuel like Pastor Mark was talking about last night. Here's part of that fuel that's going to get you to your destiny, that's going to get you walking in the purposes and the calling of God. Understanding this is part of that fuel. You, his very own possession, so that you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his light. One translation says out of darkness into his marvelous light, his wonderful light. Verse 9 in a different translation, verse 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Everybody shout bold purity. Y'all are good. I like you guys. Y'all are amazing. All right. So a generation, a generation that is chosen and holy. These are not words that we hear very often, probably. I mean, when was the last time you were texting your friend and your friend told you, hey, what's up? Chosen. <laughs> hey, what's going on? Holy. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, it's not common in our vernacular, but it should be because it's a common language of heaven. Somebody's got to say it, so I think I will this afternoon. You were chosen. You are holy. Every young man in this place, you are chosen. God says you're holy. And God's just good like that to where he, he sometimes we, we tend to forget. I think that God exists and functions, like he exists like outside of time. So he is able to look at the entire scope of your life and he starts speaking realities over you that, that you really don't see yet. It, it, it's, God, it's God finding Gideon and saying, all right, mighty warrior. And Gideon's like, who, me? Who, me? <laughs> nah, you got the wrong one. And Gideon stumbled. It, it, it's, it, it's, it's Saul stumbling on the luggage. And, and, and David comes and, and, and anoints Saul and says, you're, you're the chosen one. You're, he's like, who, me? Like, what? I'm not, I'm, there's nothing really great. No, he's in the same way. He says, he, he, he looks at your life. He sees the sum total, and he looks at the purposes that he has written out for your life, and that's how he, that's the language that he uses to call you, call you forth. If you study in Scripture, really, any time that God speaks something over someone, it's very rare that that is actually manifesting in their life at that moment because he is a prophetic God. He speaks over you what he has called you to do. He speaks over you that which is revealed in light of your calling. Whether or not you choose to submit to that, to partner with him, that's your choice. But the good news is he sees so much better. He sees so much more in you than what you can actually see in yourself in this very moment. See, that's the puzzling part about Christianity. That's what makes this thing so wild. Like, God, I mean, do you really know me? Because that's the lie, that's the whispering lies of the enemy. Oh, Pastor Brandon, you, you're like, yeah, you're talking to the wrong crew. Because if you only knew. <laughs> How many times, can we be really honest, have we had that conversation with God? Like, God, if you really knew. Or maybe you weren't bold enough to say it because whatever. But, but you're just like, no, mm, I don't, pure, holy, chosen, What? More like unrighteous, sinful, full of lust, full of immorality, full of, you know what I'm saying? But God calls you to a higher level. He speaks to you in light of what his grace wants to do in your life. And so chosen and holy, these are the ideas. Verses 9 through 12 in the message, the Peterson paraphrase says this, but you are the ones Chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instrument to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Friends, this world, listen, it's not your home. So don't make yourselves cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Live an exemplary life among the natives. So that your actions will refute their prejudices. Then they'll be won over to God's side. And they'll be there to join in the celebration when he arrives. One of my favorite quotes on purity, I came across this some years ago. 
very immortal Mother Teresa, who did such, literally gave her life to, to serve the cause of, of, of Jesus in Calcutta, India. I've had the privilege of going there and working, working alongside the nuns, the Sisters of Charity that are still there to this day, dragging half-dead people off the street, taking care of them, bathing them. She said this. She said, she said to be pure and to remain pure, listen to Mother Teresa, can only come at a price. And this price is knowing God and loving him enough to do his will. He'll always give us the strength we need to keep purity as something beautiful for him. See, purity comes at a price, you guys. And here's what I'm learning more and more about young people in this generation. You don't really have a problem paying the price for what you really want. So whatever it takes to get the iPhone, whatever sleep you have to lose to play Fortnite, come on. It's all right. Nobody judging you. Whatever. Do your thing. Whatever price you have. See, if you want it bad enough, you'll always pay the price. And so what happens is if you desire purity badly enough, really, if you love God, for real, you begin to realize, I'll pay the price. See, this is what I'm learning. Somebody's got to pay the price for purity on your school campus. Somebody in your friend group, somebody on your college campus, somebody at your Starbucks, somebody's got to pay a price in order to show the world this is what purity from God looks like. Somebody. And heaven is standing at attention saying, will someone agree with me? Will someone use their life to come in agreement and let's show a generation what real purity is? You guys, from suicide, I don't need to give you the statistics, from, from, from depression and oppression, from sexually confused, gender confused, all of these things, it comes down to a purity issue because this, and again, this isn't just like, well, I'm not having sex. It's so, you're, that's so shallow. That's a drop in the bucket. That's so, that, that's so me. It's so, no, go a little bit deeper because here's what I mean. Here's what I mean by purity. Pure, the simplest definition of pure is simply unmixed. It's of one substance. I'm not, I'm not mixed in with the world's way of doing things. I have clarity on what God has called me to do and how he's called me to live my life. I'm, I'm not mixed up in the plans of the enemy. I'm pure. There's only one person that's on the throne of this heart. And he remains there on a Friday night. And he is equally as powerful on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night, or whenever I'm hanging out with my small group, he's still on the throne of my heart. Or whether I'm sitting in class, I am unmixed. That's what I'm talking about. Will the real you please stand up this afternoon? Purity. But here's the deal. I don't want Jerry and the, and the team to come. Here's the deal. Matthew 5 and 8 is this verse. And it's it's right in the middle of one of the most epic uh, passages of Scripture, one of the most epic uh, sermons that Jesus ever gave, known as a sermon on the mount. He's walking through the Beatitudes, all these things. And, and Matthew 5, 8 says this, and, and Jesus is, is teaching, is preaching, and he, and he gets to this one line, and he says, blessed. So get this picture of Jesus. He's preaching to a crowd. Blessed. Are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, 
those who are unmixed in their desires, those who are untainted. Another way to say that, those who are unimpressed with the things of the world. For they, they shall see God. And here's what I believe about that scripture. Exegetically and, and looking at the verse. Jesus was not just talking about the day whenever you die or your transition to heaven and the sweet by and by. Maybe he was talking about that too. But I also believe that Jesus was talking about this reality of seeing God in the here and now. See, listen, I've had so many conversations with young people through the years. Pastor Brandon, I just don't see God moving in my life. I don't see. And, and my next question is, well, what were you watching last night? Or three nights ago? What, because what? Because the enemy's chief tactic in removing an experience of encountering God will always be through impurity. Because you self-sabotage. He can't make you do anything. He wishes he had that, that much power and authority. There is one who carries all, a pow all power and authority. There is one who has been given a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, everything on earth, everything under the earth, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the praise and glory of the Father. There is only one name. There is only one who carries authority. There is only one who is all powerful and he lives on the inside of me he lives on the inside of you so you don't have to do those things you don't have to not anymore because revelation is striking your heart even now there's something about whenever God walks in the room and he's in this place even now and he's examining every heart and he says, hey, just be reminded that all things are laid bare before me. I see the real you. And here's the next thing he says. I love you. I'm for you. I'm not against you. I'm not here to damage you. The only reason why what feels like I'm breaking you it's because that's what it feels like whenever chains are broken off of your life. But believe me, those who are broken before God, whenever you're broken before God, are the very ones that God raises up to life again. Come on through here, Lazarus. Come on through here, Jesus. That which is broke, God says, oh, you're in the perfect spot. Whenever you feel like you're at your worst moment, whenever you feel like you're at your lowest moment in terms of purity, God says, that now I can use you because now you've been introduced to, 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 now I can meet the real you. Now you can bring all the broken pieces of your heart. And let me speak real specifically. Those who you feel like your heart has been broken because you've been in inappropriate relationships with people before the appointed time. Come on somebody, the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. God says, I'll even put the broken pieces of your heart back together again. And don't ever give it away. Not before you give it to me first. He's the only one that's authorized, young lady, to be the holder of your heart. He's really good at it. He's amazing at it. You'll never find satisfaction in a relationship outside of a relationship with Jesus. Come on. In Him, you're complete. Here's what we're going to do this afternoon. I feel very strongly the Spirit of the Lord is in this place. And I'm going to encourage you not to miss this moment. See, this afternoon I asked Jared to come and sing probably one of my favorite songs he's ever written. And there's so many. But the bridge to this song that he wrote years ago is like this. I believe that it is indicative. It indicates the, the cry really of a, of, of, of a generation of young people 
and the idea is that you would say, gosh, this and this thing of purity, I need the grace of God. But here's what you're really saying this afternoon. And please hear me well. I, you, this, this is kind of a sacred moment. So don't cheapen it just by walking up here, not even knowing what's going on. Oh, I'll just walk up there too, like everybody else in my roads. No, 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 no. Because this is a, this is a, this is a, a, a signing up. See, what you're saying is, God, I'm willing to pay the price for purity. And maybe you haven't been before. But God, now that your word has, has come to me and you've resurrected something on the inside of me, come on. He is the one who resurrects dead things in your life. So even where it felt like, this is what I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, those of you who had no desire to go deeper in your purity, in this moment, the Holy Spirit is provoking something on the inside of you. That is His voice. That is His Spirit. That is deep, calling to the deep things of you, saying, I am inviting you into a lifestyle of purity. And 10 years from now, you are going to remember this moment because you're going to say, that's the moment that the trajectory of my sexual integrity began to change. I embarked upon a journey of purity. I made that decision similar. 16, 17 years old. 10 years later when I got married to my wife, 27 years of age, I walked down the aisle a virgin. I gave her a gift that nobody else had ever received before. I had not given that gift to anyone else. And it was this moment, the presence of God. In our world. I am telling you, there are some benefits of purity. And it's okay. If you've crossed that line, if you've been there, I believe that God is a restorer. I believe that God will give back to you that which the enemy tried to rob you of. He is just that good. And here's what I learned about God. Whenever he gives you back something that was taken, he makes it better than what it was before because that's just who he is. Can you give him praise this afternoon? There's victory that's about to enter this place. There's vision that God is about to start opening up your eyes and you're gonna see what it's like to live in purity because some of you, your eyes have been so filled with the things of the world and God's saying, let me just elevate, let me just, let me just elevate, let me take you from temptation to elevation. Can I just take you from looking here and looking at me, setting your affections on things above, Colossians 3 and 1, not just the things on this earth, so here's what you're responding to. Here's the call. Here's the invitation. If you want to say, God, this world has nothing for me in the way of purity. This world has nothing. It has nothing. I don't want anything that the world has for me. I don't want anything that the enemy has for me. But I'll follow you down this journey of purity and by God's grace. I may have tried before. I may have, I may have done well before. But by God's grace, I'm receiving the Spirit of God in a new way. And I am receiving vision because without vision, I know that I'll perish. So I'm receiving vision of purity and I'm not going to lose. So if that's you, I'm not even waiting. I want you to run to this altar. As Jared, just, just lead us in that bridge. If that's you, I want you to run to this altar. Forget about who's next to you. I want you to lift up your hands as a physical declaration that this world has nothing, nothing. I will follow you. will follow Follow you. This world has nothing for 
Come on with your hands just extended to the Lord in this moment. God, I pray that right now in this moment, you'll begin to break the fascination with the things of the world. I pray in this moment in the name of Jesus that as young people sign up for this journey of purity, Holy Spirit of the living God, I pray for a divine empowerment. Empower them to do what they cannot do in their own strength. Holy Spirit, I ask you, give them vision now. Give them vision now. Open up their eyes, God. Open up their eyes, God. Capture us with your grace. Jesus, come. Go to rescue us. God, capture it. Capture us with your grace. Father, we say we will follow you. God, we'll pay the price to walk in purity. God, I thank you for ideas even now and assignments. The Spirit of the Lord is going to speak to you right now. He's a pragmatic and a prophetic God. That means he begins to give you assignments and instructions. If you listen to the Lord, He'll say, yeah, that relationship, you need to kind of break ties with that. He'll say, yeah, you need to stop bringing your phone with you in the bedroom at night because you've proven that you don't have the discipline to walk in holiness in those moments. He'll give you an assignment, and you can do this by His grace. Come on. God, we say we want to follow you down the road of purity. Father, this world has nothing for us. This world has nothing. This world has nothing. This world has nothing. Father, I pray for a restoration of innocence even now. Or some of you feel like you're no longer innocent because of what you have been exposed to. Some of you by choice. Some of you by force. Either way, I just hear the Lord saying, I'm restoring your innocence again. There's something new on the inside of you that I am calling forth for real. And where even people have gotten wind of it like, oh, and you've become that guy or that girl, the Lord says that there is a restorative work that I am doing, and I'm changing your name, which will also alter your reputation as well. Because he's just that good. Just in a moment, a couple more moments, I want you to begin to just tell God, Lord, in this specific area, I just surrender to you. I give that to you. This young man right here in the black, uh, can you just touch him for me? I just feel like the Lord would say that there is a better word that I am speaking over you, and I don't know what words have been spoken over you in the, in the area of your purity, but the Lord says 
There's a better word that I am calling you to, and I have already decided that you are mine. As a matter of fact, I was never confused about it, but it has been the warring, whispering lie of the enemy to tell you otherwise, but the Lord would say to you, you are mine, and I have no intentions of letting you go, because there is a word on the inside of your heart, and I am calling you to speak that over your friends, and there is actually a hunger for prayer in a greater way for your friends and those around you, but the Lord says the enemy has fought you in this area of purity because he wants to rob you of your encounter with God but the Lord says it's okay because my love is dealing with you kindly because that whenever you confess and expose I'll always deal kindly with you I'll always deal kindly with you so father I just bless your son today in the name of Jesus I thank you for the plan and the calling that you have on his life Holy Spirit I thank you that you'll never let him go you'll never release him until he is fully surrendered fully speaking out with boldness in the name of Jesus that which you have called him to do for your kingdom in Jesus' name come on keep your hands lifted you guys have a moment with him You've got to learn to entertain him, entertain his presence. He wants to speak to you. He's a good, good father. He's a good, good father. Ooh, he's a good, good father. His voice. Oh, his voice, his voice, his voice. He's so good. Father, I pray for an anointing of their ears right now. That they would know that they have been created to hear your voice. Where they have heard the voice of the enemy more than they've heard your voice. I say again, the devil is a liar. I pray in the name of Jesus for greater expectancy for you to hear the voice of the one that you love. For he loves you. He is for you. Yes, he loves you. He is for you. Who oh, he loves you. He is for you. Who oh, he loves you. He is for you. Yes, he loves you. He is for you. Oh, he loves you. He is for you. He'll always be for you. He'll always be for you. I want to pray for every young man in this place. Every young man, I want you to lift up both your hands to the Lord. As long as you believe the lies of the enemy, you'll never walk in the full level of purity in your life. I pray, Father, that you'll do in them what you did in me at 16 years of age. That there was something that lived in me that said, especially in my high school years, I want to be singly devoted to you, Jesus. Father, I break the fascination of entertaining girls or wanting, wanting uh, security or finding identity in, in other people. God, I break the, that off these young men right now in the name of Jesus. And I say that you'll live for the glory of one. I say that your eyes will be anointed afresh even now. I pray for a holy repulsion to anything that is impure, to anything that is immoral in your life. I break off any and every seemingly addiction in your life in the name of Jesus. I call you pure. I call you holy. He calls you pure. He calls you holy right now. And I ask Jesus to restore a fascination with the purity of who God is. I pray for a fire in you that burns for holiness, that burns to do what's right, even whenever you're the only one. I pray for a spiritual backbone on the inside of you, that you would be as bold as a lion, like the scriptures say, for you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I ask in the name of Jesus, that humility will pave the way for greater purity in your life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every young lady, lift up your hands. God, I pray for the pleasure, the delight of the Heavenly Father. Oh God, I break comparison off of your daughters. 
I break it now in the name of Jesus. I break insecurity off of your daughters. I pray right now for a revelation that they would understand that they are royalty in your eyes, that they are holy and anointed and that their worth and value is priceless. Holy Spirit, I thank you that where their eyes have been consumed with other things, pleasing other things, Holy Spirit, I pray that your pleasure would be poured out right now. Feel the delight of your Father. Feel the delight of your Heavenly Father right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you would like to follow Jesus, we'd like to connect with you on your journey. Email us at follow at radianchurchkc.com. If this ministry has encouraged you, we'd love to hear your story. Email us at mystory@radianchurchkc.com. If you'd like to invest in Radian Church, please click Give on our website, radianchurchkc.com. Are you a young adult and interested in spending a year in Kansas City at Radian Church? Check out radianintensive.com. Thanks for listening to the Radian Church Podcast.